Hey guys, it's Keith again, and we're into week three, and I tell you what, I'm rocking. Laura is the best coach in the world. She's given me homework, I've done it, and my life has changed. I mean, it's that simple. <laughs> and I can't wait to share all that I've done. But until I, before, before I do that, I've got to throw back to Laura. She knows the tasks she sent me, sent me. And I want her to, to debrief uh, so that I can give her the kudos. I've done all the homework she sent me, but I want her to discuss it. She's the one that's leading me somewhere. I don't know where this is going, but it's what Awesome. Well, you know, Keith, I think that there's actually magic in homework. Homework or tasks or whatever you want to call it. Um, I was actually, as you know, I'm a voracious reader. And I was listening to an audiobook earlier. And it was really honing in on something that just made me think about you. Um, the the homework that I gave you wasn't because I was just trying to give you something to do. It's because I was trying to teach you how to only do things that are moving you towards a productive result that you're trying to achieve. So homework for homework's sake isn't going to move you closer to your goal. But intentional homework where now you are actually taking action on something that is going to help you achieve that goal is where the magic happens. It's where the momentum kicks in. So for those that, you know, maybe didn't hear um, last week's or whatever the case may be, go ahead and just recap, Keith, the three pieces of homework I gave you, and then let's dive into each one. So, I want to go a little bit further back and I want, to, I want to really pick up on the idea that in the first episode you mentioned the three-year goal. Now, this has changed everything. This idea has changed everything. It's February two, it was February 2015. It's now March. And you said, look, I want you to imagine three years in the future, where do you want to be? And I'm going to set you tasks based on that goal. And the goal was that I want to be doing pretty much what I'm doing now, traveling twice a year and making products in between. But I actually honed it into a visual. You know, here I am in Melbourne, Australia. I make products twice a year, three times a year. They sell well. And those products help me fund the things that I love to do, which mm -hmm. is travel. That's the, that's the image. Lifestyle, yeah? That's why I'm an entrepreneur, lifestyle. So once you did that, you gave me three pieces of homework. Find your favorite uh, top 25 brands on Twitter, pull apart their Twitter strategy, maybe make it into a, a Word document. I turned it into a blog post. Two, actually create a list of questions that you're going to ask these people that work for these companies about how they're using Twitter. What a cool idea. Actually go in with an intention to find these people. And three, actually find the people. You know, find the people that are using social media for Pepsi or for Whole Foods or for Vivo. And I'm happy to say I have done that. And it's so exciting. So let me just pull apart what I just said there. Fop the top 25 brands on Twitter. Basically, I, I looked at a number of lists on the net, but, you know, I ultimately created my own. And initially, I started that as a Word document. But then, you know, I thought, you know, I'm going to turn this into a blog. I'm going to turn this into a living, breathing document. And every time I have another insight or I came up, come up with an interview, I might slot it in. So my whole, you know, whole research project lives on the cloud, mm -hmm. right? 
So I created a, a hashtag, the top 25 brands on Twitter, and I created a blog post, my favorite 25 brands on Twitter, dot, 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 and why I picked them. So I basically pulled apart their Twitter strategy. I found something that they're doing differently that makes them stand out. And I blogged about it and I maybe I embedded a blog or I embedded a tweet about that that illustrates the point. It's a really quite a chunky blog. I mean, it took, it took me ages to do it because I'm so hopeless at WordPress <laughs> at this stage. But anyway, that's, that's a piece of stuff on the net that people can view at, view. If you go to hashtag the top 25 brands on Twitter, I've got a number of variations on that around the technology space, the music space, the lifestyle space, the food and beverage space. I actually pulled it apart. Some of these people are now following me back and they've tweeted it. Uh, I've made comments and, and please feel free to have a look and add your own comments. So that's the first thing. I mean, that was well worth doing. It took me ages, but it was well worth doing. And that's a living, breathing document, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. The second thing I did was I, I actually originally created 10 questions uh, that I would want to know if I was asking the social media person from Starbucks who hasn't yet contacted me back, but I have connected with her on LinkedIn. Um, and she will, you know, doubtlessly respond in her, t in, uh, you know, the time that suits her. And uh, I, so I originally started with 10 questions and I, I morphed it out to 14 because I shared it with a few people and often that's a good idea. What do you think of this? This is what I would ask. What would you ask? And they gave me a few ideas. So now I've got 14 questions that I could ask tomorrow. Someone said, yeah, 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 no worries. Just ring me and I'll, I'll talk to you. Yeah, no worries. Just Skype me and record something. I'm open. I could jump in tomorrow and I could record, actually at this stage, 29 podcasts about this subject. Can you believe it? 29 shakers and movers in the social media space for top brands in the world have connected with me overnight. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you and I'm going to challenge you for just a minute. Just yeah. because you can doesn't mean you should. Let, let yeah, me explain okay. what I mean by that. You should never ask a question that you don't already know the answer to. So on your 14 questions, what I would challenge you to do is evaluate their social media profile, the presence that they've created, evaluate that so concretely that you know the magic questions to ask. The questions wow, okay. that when you ask the two or three questions that you already really know the answer to because you've gotten that deep in their social media stream, you know that those two or three answers are the answers that will set off a light bulb for somebody who is listening to your podcast or reading your blog post. Mm. Because having mm. 14, you know, 10, 14 questions that you've asked somebody, again, it becomes lengthy. It becomes generic. It is, it is generic. not about the lesson that that particular profile can teach somebody. You want their lesson, not everybody's lesson. 
Yeah. Actually, that's a very, very good point because obviously uh, the original thing was just to blurt out a whole series of questions that I would ask, but I think what you've said there is much more powerful. Look at, say, for instance, the social media strategy of Gibson Guitars, mm -hmm. so say, who are really cool people that do follow me, 992,000 followers. They're going to crack the million soon. They sell guitars. What's their strategy? How do they do it? That's going to be a totally different strategy to Pizza mm -hmm. Hut. Well, and again, apply your strategic filter, right? What is your ultimate goal? Your ultimate goal is to create a Twitter product that truly helps people to maximize their effectiveness on Twitter. Mm -hmm. If you're just, excuse the phrase, you know, throwing shit against a wall to see what sticks. And you're just yeah. asking a bunch of questions of a bunch of different people, but it's all the same question. You're no different, Keith. You have not achieved differentiation for yourself than anybody yeah. else. I'll tell you a true story. I am, um, as you know, I was a sales manager, director of sales for years and years and years. And one of the first things that I used to do when somebody would come in to interview with me for a sales position is I would say, this is, I'm talking our first interview. I would say, okay, great. Well, can you do me a favor? And I'd slide them one of our products and I'd say our most basic well-known product. And I'd say, I'd like you to sell this to me right now. And if they couldn't tell me certain things about our product, then I knew that they didn't research our company well enough to even be sitting in the seat across from me. You don't want to be the guy that's just generic and brings no value. You want to be the one that stands out because you looked at things deep enough and close enough to know why they are so masterful and how that can help your audience. That's brilliant. I mean, this is actually what I did with the blog post, and I, but you're actually challenging me to go even deeper again. So asking Pepsi, for instance, Tell me about the out of the blue campaign. Now, I didn't realize re until recently that out of the blue stands for the fact that the can is blue. Mm. So out of the blue, you're getting Pepsi out of the can, right? That's the, that's the analogy they're using. Take a photo of this Pepsi can, which is blue, hashtag out of the blue in your tweet, and we'll get your favorite rock star to come to your house and sing karaoke. I mean, it's a brilliant yeah, idea. Yeah, so look at how fun that is, right? It is a brilliant idea, but the idea is what you want to teach to people. The idea mm. that you can take your brand and turn it in a way that you have this social engagement where your social engagement is a call to action. Right. That, yeah. The engagement piece is exactly. the call to action. Exactly. So, that right there is perfect. Now I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you to take your, your homework and your blog post actually a step further. Each time that you get a hold of one of these companies, you've gone past the introductions. You're now at the point where you're going to hop on a Skype call together and you're going to have that opportunity to ask them the two or three questions. And by the way, just so you know, you will have much better luck saying to people, I have three critical questions that I'd like to interview on in regards to your campaign. I only need 10 minutes of your time. You will get much further with that because corporate people are busy. So, so it's also just, you know, a good, helpful, handy thing when it comes to positioning. 
three questions, 10 minutes. That's a great, that's a great angle. Three questions. But then you can take each one of those and you're going to add to your current blog post a button, like a call to action button that says, click here to read my full article and hear my interview with at Rolling Stone. So then each one of these eventually will lead to 25 other pages on your website where you've got the three-question interview and the lesson that your followers can take from it. That's brilliant. As I said, I don't know where you're going with this, but it's so good. It's so clever. You're not giving yourself credit. I'm not going anywhere with it. I'm not creating a product. I'm not doing Twitter as a business. You're going there with it. All I've done is put up the guardrails so that you can't keep going off the track. Yeah, look, that's great. This is the first interview which we're, where we're discussing the homework, and these podcasts are typically in 15-minute blocks, and we're running out of time on this. But I want to come back, and I want to talk a bit more about this guardrail idea of the 25 minutes, so the Pomodoro technique. And I also want to talk to you about why you think my products have failed in the past and what we can do differently so that this one won't. Mm. Big chunky question because I've, I've worked out recently that I have three video products, an audio product, two ebooks. I should be on six figures mm-hmm. with all of the stuff that I've done. And I'm happy to concede, maybe not happy, but I'm willing to concede that I'm not on six figures. And I'm a bit embarrassed about that because I've been working my guts out. Your coaching gift to me is to actually pull apart what I've done wrong in the past and, you know, eradicate those pieces of, you know, distraction from my mindset so that everything that I do in the future, which is of value to the world, will help me fund my trip to Argentina. (laughs) (laughs) What about that? I think that's the way to go.